Welcome back, Literary Slummers, to another episode of Shelf Aware, the podcast where we are reading books outside of our comfort zones. I'm Anna. And I'm Em. Billy. Stop that. (laughs) It's mean. (laughs) I don't like it. It's your new name and you will love it. I don't. Um, This week Uh. on Shelf Aware with Anna and Em. Holy. Stop it. I... (laughs) We okay. <laughs> we read uh, the first book in Anna's newest unit, uh, which Anna's newest unit is novelizations of movies. And the book mm-hmm. that we read to fulfill that obligation is Clue by Michael McDowell. Yes. Um. So what's up, Anna? <laughs> so, I said at the end of our last um non Animorphs episode, I think, or maybe it wasn't. I don't remember. Um. That my mom had gotten this book for me somewhere secondhand, like a garage sale or like a library book sale or something. I don't know. And she's not the type to go to libraries. I don't know where she got this book. Um, It was on my bookshelf one day Hmm. as a child, like less than 10 years old. Probably not a great age to read this book or watch that movie, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I read it. I loved it. I did not realize that this was a novelization of a movie. I truly thought it was a book based off the board game period mm-hmm. the end interesting um loved it had never read anything that had multiple endings before mm. um you know it it was very good at that age reading it back today i'm like we just watched the movie <laughs> <laughs> the movie is really really good and a lot of it like i get it it's a novelization of a of a screenplay you're given a spring screenplay mm-hmm. and it's an amazing thing to like take these bare screenplay notes and turn it into a novel yes but the way that this screenplay was written, it is fully intended to be viewed. And reading it, it got a little bit annoying for me. Mm. Um, just because I'm like, yes, this, the dialogue so snappy, so good. But mm-hmm. like, mm, I don't know. What did you, you think of it? Yeah, it did. It was, it was kind of like... Um, looking at pictures of a vacation instead of just going on vacation right? <laughs> where it one you went on or one your friend went on one I went on right okay, because okay. it was like because I've seen Clue um I watched yeah, it for yeah, the yeah. first time yeah. with you when in uh my college years my early college good. years I'm glad I'm introducing this movie to people it's so it's so good it's one of my favorites <laughs> and I felt like there was a lot of um nostalgia enjoyment of like it kept making me remember watching the movie and enjoying watching the movie rather than necessarily enjoying reading the book, if that makes sense. Mm. Like the enjoyment I got out of it was like, oh, I remember when they did this scene, right? Mm -hmm. Versus Mm -hmm. like me reading it being like, oh, this was well-written. Yeah, yeah. Not that it isn't well-written because I think it is. And I did want to talk a little bit about the author at the top here. Did you look into the author at all? Yes, I did. Um, I Yeah, I, I didn't know anything about this author before this um i certainly didn't look into it as a child mm-hmm. um but yeah he was a an, an author who wrote mostly um horror novels yeah. and i think was going to become like a really well-known horror author but then tragically died to um complications and uh the i don't like i guess aids <laughs> like i was say he died of aids but it was complications due to the fact that the hiv blah 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 yeah um not not to <laughs> Not to be like, oops, sorry. Not to be like flippant about it, but <laughs> watching clearly it, the words are not coming to me. The best Anna I can struggle do. I to handle something serious is very funny to me. 
there's a lot of arm flailing happening yeah yeah too bad this is not a visual medium (laughs) but yeah he he also wrote uh a few screenplays did you see one of the screenplays he wrote was uh a movie we covered on our other podcast uh nightmare before christmas who is involved in that the nightmare before christmas Uh uh-huh Really? Yeah. Interesting. No, I didn't see that. Yeah. So it, I don't know. I, I was like, okay, yeah, this makes sense. Like he's done like horror. He's done screenplays. It seems like a, yeah. a natural fit. Yeah. He seemed like a pretty cool, cool guy. I was like, this, this looks like a, a dude who um, maybe didn't get his flowers as much in life as he should have. Uh, so I don't mm-hmm. know. If you're into horror, maybe check him out. If you haven't, he seems chill. Yeah. There were there were definitely some times where like you could see that McDowell got to flex his creative muscles a little Mm. bit like definitely lots of like description and the things that um aren't as focused on in the movie I think just uh, smaller moments that I really enjoyed reading but um it's hard it's hard when you're given this this script that is so like this movie I feel like is just so well known for that for its performances like Tim Curry fantastic job as Wadsworth mm-hmm. and like Madeline Kahn as Mrs. Iconic. White going like flames the side of my face which is a line that's not in the screenplay apparently yeah because it was improv yes um so it's it's hard this was a hard one to do to decide like okay maybe maybe we should have gone with one we hadn't read I don't or hadn't seen before I don't know I think that might be um, the mission for uh for book two in this series yes yeah um but yeah like you said, it's hard. Like, I, I liked it because I liked the movie. Right. I would also be interested to kind of compare this to, like, another book, another novelization, perhaps that, because this one was written specifically based on the screenplay, which even before, like, I looked it up, you can tell because, like you said, the flames part is missing. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. There are some. There's a whole extra ending. There's a whole extra ending, which isn't in the movie, yeah. but has been, like, referenced as a lost ending that was originally in the screenplay. Um, mm-hmm. there's like a few physical descriptions that don't match the actors that they eventually got. Like, I think the, the, um, singing telegram is described as like very blonde and she's very much yeah. not in the movie. Um, so like stuff like that, like you can tell it was written based on the screenplay, even without looking it up. But I would be interested to compare this to, um, if we can find one, a novelization of a movie where the movie like is out at the time that the novelization was written. I'm mm. not sure. I haven't looked into like the process of like when yeah, people decide to do novelizations, you know? So I'm like, mm-hmm. does it, cause clue was not a commercial success, right? Which that makes sense then that this yeah. was written. If people were expecting it to be commercial success and then it wasn't that it was written like at the same time that the movie was being produced. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'd be interested to like, see if we can find one where like perhaps, um, the movie has been writ or has been produced and is already out to see if like the novelizer or the author like adds in either like fan favorite like fleshing out stuff about stuff that fans really like or mm, if mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it is more true to the movie sort of thing that uh might happen because they have the visual medium to look at as well as the the screenplay right um, yeah yeah it's a really interesting process like I'm I'm I agree I like this unit it's weird to think about like the idea of writing a movie or like writing a book that is a movie yeah and how like that taking translates. a two-hour movie and turning it into like a several hundred page novel yeah. um I yeah I think you have to have a certain set of like writing skills to do that that are different from pulling a story out mm-hmm. of your own mind um yeah, I I was not expecting to be as intrigued as I am yeah. today. That is for certain. I I kind of pulled this out of my butt as a gag. Um, <laughs> and, 
I mean, this is really something that's very up my alley because you know me and I'm like, oh, the meta Nerd stuff and <laughs> retold. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I overall liked this book, I think. I think it was well written yeah. enough and it was short enough, too, because that was the other thing I was worried about yeah. with like this um, a unit was like, OK, usually when you're taking a book and turning it into a movie, the book is very long. And then mm-hmm, it like mm-hmm. stuff gets cut for the movie. I guess so. I guess it would make sense that it was short, but I don't know. It seemed like very short for what it was, right? But I yeah, mean, it had pretty yeah. much everything in it, so I it guess it read really quickly. Yeah, it worked, and I, it was like a mass market paperback. Mm-hmm. So like, it's really for being less than two hundred pages, like very small two hundred pages. Yeah, 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 yeah. Quick little read. Yeah, yeah. And like, it reads fast. It's mostly dialogue, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's based off a script, like. <laughs> <laughs> so very very fast read if you are interested in reading it it's i've only found it on internet archive you find a physical copy of it like hold on to it because they're kind of pricey from what i can tell yeah um it was gonna cost like a couple hundred dollars or something to buy a paperback version of this so um yeah we're usually like hey buy the book even if it sucks just to support the author um don't mm-hmm. do writing a book is hard writing a book is hard don't do piracy but like number one we literally couldn't find this book anywhere besides mm-hmm. on internet archive and number two like it doesn't seem like the author's estate needs the support at this point um yeah, so yeah 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 our, our patreon proceeds don't quite cover the cost of two yeah sorry guys this book yet sorry that patreon we totally have for sure <laughs> The secret Patreon. Maybe if we made it more public, then people would find it more easily. And maybe, but, but it's kind of, I like the scavenger hunt yeah. of the aspect of it. Yeah. Like, if you find it, you're so euphoric that you want to give us like fifty dollars a month. <laughs> um, I'm okay. never gonna make it clear if we're joking about that. No, never. Um, <laughs> okay, so uh, we read this book. What else have you been reading, Anna? What else have I been reading? So I um, got really hooked on this manga series right at the start of the year. Mm. It's called, it's got an X in it. I don't know if you pronounce the X. It's like Spy X Family. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, sorry, let me click here too. By Tatsuya Endo, which it's a manga series about a spy. It's set in like this made up world where there's a cold war between two halves of a country that are now two separate countries. Kind of like Germany would be. Um, and the main character is a spy named Twilight who is giving a, given a mission to, um, like go after this target. And the only way to get through him is to like have a kid that goes to the school, have the kids either become friends or be in the same like honor society essentially so that you can gain access to this man and then like kill him. So he has to go and find a fake wife and a fake kid and create this fake family, um, and what he doesn't know is that the woman he's chosen to be his fake wife is secretly an assassin, and the girl that he's chosen to be his fake kid can secretly read minds. So it's just, like, really cute and funny. <laughs> like, you'd think it'd be an action thing, and there are some action sequences, but it's mostly, like, a slightly romantic slice-of-life situation about this kid trying to, like, do really well so that her parents don't send her fake parents don't send her back to the orphanage and, like, knowing the full time what her parents are and them all, like, trying to be super fake about it i don't know it's delightful would recommend um how about you um so i've read nothing since the new year has started Mm. like literally nothing and the reason for that is that i had covid which is why the episode was late a few weeks ago guys um 
So sorry, I my brain is soup. And you're lucky I read this book. Um, I felt like I was actually gonna lie about it and try to make something up, but I'm trying to to uh, like a whole book. Yeah, just like make up that I'd read a book and I haven't. Like one of the ones on my TBR, oh, oh. like to be like, oh yeah, I started this book, you know, but I didn't. And I'm being honest about it because I'm allowed to fail at things some sometimes, yes. guys, because I had COVID. And you have a good excuse. Yes. Like usually, I'm just like, I just didn't. <laughs> Um, but I have been watching some stuff on the internet. I've been watching the K-drama 100 Days My Prince, which I've told you about before, but I got back into. Nice, um, nice, nice. So I'm watching all that. I finished the second season of The Witcher, which was all right. Um, you know. Yeah, that's kind of my feelings about it. Like Mainly okay. here for the Yennefer Tissaia of it all, and that was a little lacking in the second half, not going to lie. But um, <laughs> She kind of vanished. She kind of just half of the showed up like twice to smirk a little bit, and that was pretty much it. Which, yeah. don't get me wrong, those were good smirks, but... Yeah, yeah. Good smirks. You knew she was thinking like... She was like looking at... Oh, no, I don't want to give spoilers. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. when she was looking at that paper mm-hmm. that had the thing on it, mm-hmm. and you were like, yeah, I know you're proud of her. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, you know, so I've just been kind of taking it chill, and I'll get back into reading at some point, and um, that's fine. My brain is yeah. soup. It's okay. Your brain is soup, and it's valid, but you sound a lot better. <laughs> Thank <so> you. <laughs> maybe one day you'll be able to read again. Maybe one day. <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, cool. Um, if you have not seen the movie Clue and you have any interest in doing so, like, please, like, go and do yourself that favor and watch this movie first before coming back and listening to this episode because I just, I don't know. It's such a delightful film, especially upon first viewing. It's so surprising where it goes. So I think it's streaming on Amazon Prime um, if you have that. I would also like to say, if you have not played the board game Clue, um, do yourself it's a so favor. It's so delightful. Such a fucking delight. Go ahead and go play delight. that board game. It is such a delightful, so, s- such a delight. Some of the places it goes, it will really surprise you, especially It'll if really you are you. playing with your brother who refuses to lose and probably mm-hmm. cheats all the time. Um, Can I tell you? Okay, here's my experience <laughs> playing Clue uh-huh. with, with M and her brothers. They have like secret symbols they put down on their papers yeah, that absolutely. are like, like, this is what so-and-so guessed. And there's, like, their papers are just scratches everywhere. Huh? I don't know how you can discern anything. On- so it's impossible for anyone else to win this game except for the one of you three. I am the worst at Clue. But I do ascribe to the uh, family tradition that you need to keep track of what your <laughs> cards are. You need to keep track of who's shown you what. Like, you can't just yeah. write down, like, X's and checks and whatever. You, you need to know who has which cards. Because it's, then you know bonkers. how to... <laughs> phrase your questions so that because like if you know if I know that Anna has the revolver and then she's sitting next to me and I accuse someone of using the revolver I'm just gonna get the fucking revolver card you also need to keep track of which cards you've shown to other people so that when they absolutely (laughs) too far for a children's game I will be clear the last time we did play this was we were all fully adults yes oh of course but they're over is... here with their Excel spreadsheets, <laughs> and I'm trying to play on an abacus. It's terrible. Listen, get your head in the fucking game. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> oh. Anyway, don't play Clue with M. I mean, or say. do. I'll probably be able to beat you, and I can't beat my brothers. So, like, what's up? <laughs> 
It's truly the one thing we all hope for in the world is for <laughs> your older brother to lose at any game you play. I know. It's the only thing we ever want in life. <laughs> He's just so smug. He's so smug. It, it's, yeah, and it's all every time. <laughs> mm. And if it's not clear, I am talking about my own husband. <laughs> anyway, let's get into this book. Let's do it. Uh, okay. So if you've seen the movie, if you have seen the movie Clue, I'm going to just be rehashing that. So <laughs> It's just the movie Clue, guys. I don't know what it's you're It's just expecting. the movie Clue. That's it. That's the whole description. See you next week. We're going to be reading the last Animorphs book. Um, okay. So the book opens on Wadsworth, a butler. He's arriving at this mansion. I think they call it like Hill House or something, which I guess is a reference mm. <laughs> to something. I couldn't tell you what. Um, he, he's arriving at the mansion, getting everything prepped for some visitors. There's a cook named Mrs. Ho and a maid, Yvette. They're preparing the house for a dinner party. The guests start showing up. Colonel Mustard, Mrs. White, Mr. Green, Mrs. Peacock, Miss Scarlet, and Professor Plum. These are not their real names. They are each told to go by a pseudonym. Um, and please don't, don't reveal your names, anyone. It's top secret. They've all been invited here to attend this dinner party, but the host is not here yet. And they're also waiting for a seventh guest to arrive, which like I always thought in the game Mm -hmm. that that Mr. Body was the host. But maybe that's I I are you deep in the Cluedo lore? Um, not super <laughs> deep. I mean, like I know the kind of debates around like switching uh, to Orchid and all that. But um, wait, what? They they got rid of one of the characters and replaced it with a different one, and her name is uh, Doctor oh, Orchid. That's- Yes, I remember that because I think you have a new version of the yes. game. That's the last time we played. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I think she. Who did, got, did they get rid of? Mrs. White. Yeah, Mrs. White. Yeah. Because mm. she's like she's like a maid in the original board game. I think there's also like another one who got swapped out. Yeah, Mrs. White is a maid in the board game, which is interesting because they've got Yvette in both the movie and book, who is the maid. Uh, that's yeah. a, that's a thing I don't like about the movie, and I guess the book to some extent because the book didn't do it like didn't reference it necessarily but like it really mm-hmm. bothers me that the characters don't really wear the color that they're supposed to i agree yeah miss scarlet is running around in a green dress like excuse me what are you excuse talking me. about yeah <laughs> i think the men do for the most part they but... were like really muted like kind yeah. of gr- greenish kind of yellowish very 80s early yeah and then mrs colors, white wears yeah. like basically all black black because she's a widow and mrs peacock wears yellow um, like gold, like a goldish colored dress. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then yeah, Miss Scarlet wears green. Well, yeah, what's the point in the name? Yeah. if you're not gonna look like that. Which I guess technically, like, if you, if you were invited to a dinner party, and I think they're told ahead of time what their names are gonna be, right? They must, yeah, because like they do, like they introduce themselves to that and whatever. So like, I, I guess you wouldn't necessarily like it's not like they chose the name miss scarlet so like why would you bother dressing up in scarlet right but also mm-hmm. like i feel like you're not committing to the bit if i got invited 100 percent would yeah, yeah if i got invited to a dinner party and they're like and you will go by the name miss puce i'd be like well guess i gotta go figure out what color puce is i've never been able to remember <laughs> is it is it like a brownish green? Is it like puke? Because that's what it I sounds like puke, but I think it's not. I think it's like Let's see. puce color. Oh, no, can't type puce. Puce color. Oh, it's like a yeah, dark like red or purple, purple, yeah. purple brown. Yeah. 
There's, that's not what I would have guessed. There's literally a, a picture that came up that says puce, not puce. And it's got a picture of puce and then the color that I thought would be puce, which is like green. But uh-huh. that's chartreuse. Oh. Which also I thought chartreuse was like red. So I feel like I've switched them in my head. I think chartreuse is like lime green. It is, yeah. Okay. And I thought that would be more like puce. Like I thought puce was greenish and chartreuse mm-hmm. was red. But it's the opposite. Interesting. This has been Colors. Color theory. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining our podcast, Colors. Thank you for... Where we talk about what we think they are. Color talk. <laughs> you can't see them. We'll describe them. <laughs> oh, what a fun exercise. Um, so the main six people have gathered. Wadsworth announces it's time for dinner. Uh, they all gather in the dining room, have an awkward conversation, Wadsworth says that, like, oh, we'll keep something warm for our seventh guest because they're not here yet, so just start eating. Uh, they are served a series of dishes that most of the guests seem unfamiliar with. Um, there's, like, I can't remember what it is. The main the main course is, like, monkey brains. Shark Mrs. fin Peacock, soup is another one. Shark fin soup, yes. Um, Mrs. Peacock announces, oh, this is one of my favorite meals, which may or may not be an important detail later, depending on which ending you prefer. Mm-hmm. Um, and... The guests are kind of like, who's our host? Why aren't they joining us for dinner? But Wadsworth just, like, totally, like, ignores the questions. Um, We find out everyone either works in Washington, D.C. or lives there or has connections to the city somehow. So Mrs. Peacock is the wife of a senator. Mrs. White is a serial widower whose most recently deceased husband was a nuclear physicist, um, which is important because this this takes place in the 50s. Um, so like a nuclear physicist after post-World War II, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. um, going into the Cold War Pref- or in the Cold War fully. Yeah. Professor Plum is a former psychologist who works for the United Nations now. Colonel Mustard is an actual colonel. And Miss um, Scarlet and Mr. Green do not reveal their occupations at this time, but do confirm, yes, we live in Washington, D.C. So finally, the doorbell rings. The seventh guest appears. It's Mr. Body. Mr. Body seems very shocked and unhappy to see all the others assembled at the dinner table. And Wadsworth suggests that everyone adjourn to the study. The host will make it apparent why he gathered everyone here today. Um, this happens so early on in the book. I don't, for some reason, I thought this was all like much later in the movie. It's been a while since I've seen the movie. I thought about rewatching it, but I didn't want to sully my... Um, reading of the book i've rewatched a couple of the scenes like specifically the ending scenes just to like kind of like see how much it was beat for beat um and mm-hmm. did kind of read along but i also did pull up a transcript of the movie so let me look real quick and see oh um lots shows up. good idea yeah 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 uh dinner 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 it looks like it's all pretty much what's in the book mr body shows up in the 23rd scene it looks like okay out of like a hundred and some 143 mm. so yeah it's pretty early in the well, movie I don't know still. what I was thinking I don't know what I thought happened before all this I whatever it's an hour and a half long movie so it makes sense it would happen right at the front but I guess I was just like confusing this with <laughs> other things I don't know 
Um, this is also like sidebar totally, but like the first time for a while that I've actually written notes for the episode. I feel very prepared and official. So proud but of like you. it was awful, like getting back into the groove of actually doing this podcast correctly. I was like, I don't want to do it. I just want to, I just want to wing it. It always goes so well. <laughs> I also noticed in this scene um, where Mr. Body shows up, did you catch the shade that the writer was throwing at the script writer? No. There's a line where he, let me see if I can find it. Hold on. So in the script, the line, the transcript of the film, it's Mustard says, is this place for you? This is a little bit earlier, actually, before Body shows up. Mm. Um, is this place for you? And Wadsworth says, oh, indeed, no, sir. I'm merely humble butler. And Mustard says, and what exactly do you do? And Wadsworth says, I buttle, sir. And Mustard says, which means what? And Wadsworth says, the butler is head of the kitchen and the dining room. I keep everything tidy. That is, that is all. Um, in the novel, the way this is transposed is the same sort of like back and forth and it says I see said Mustard for the moment defeated there was nothing to be gotten out of Wadsworth I buttle after all was a very old joke (laughs) italicized very old a very old joke (laughs) damn Michael (laughs) so they all go to the study it is revealed that somebody is blackmailing the assembled individuals there's like they're all like oh how dare you i'm going to leave this house this is ridiculous but no one can leave because all of the windows are barred and the doors are locked and the only person that has a key is wadsworth and he has previously said to mr body you can only have this key over my dead body mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so um after the mild panic at this fact that everything is locked up wadsworth reveals some information um basically details why each of them is being blackmailed so Professor Plum lost his medical license because he was caught having an affair with a patient. Um, Mrs. Peacock is accepting bribes on her husband's behalf, the U.S. Senator. Uh, Miss Scarlet runs a brothel in D.C., of which Colonel Mustard seems to be a client of hers. Um, Mrs. White has been paying off the blackmailer ever since her husband died under mysterious circumstances. So I, we can assume, I think it's made very clear Mrs. White did do it, but um, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Green reveals that he works for the State Department and he's also gay, which could cost him his job in the 1950s. And specifically because of McCarthyism, which is also a thing yes. that keeps getting referenced a lot in this book and in the movie. Um, and I also found it interesting. Communism was just a red herring. <laughs> yes. I find it kind of interesting um, how little that is engaged with in the book. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like in the movie, there's quite a few like sight gags of uh, Mr. Green behaving in an effeminate manner, right? Am I misremembering mm-hmm. this? Like, this is a thing in the movie, right? Yeah, I think so. Like, because, well, he's very like accident prone. Mm-hmm. And I think like that, that's a big part of it too, is like, I think showing him to be lesser than the other two men yeah or other three men because wadsworth is there too yes yes um so i think like it's very interesting because i don't think that is translated at all in the book like Mm -hmm. there is not really any mention like there's not really anything made of it which yeah like he has that screaming moment yes yeah but like in general it's not really a thing that gets commented on except you know at the twist in the one ending which Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. also brushed 
by very quickly. Like <laughs> it's like the last line of the book if you are to read it. Yeah, in order. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Considering like we talked about when we were preparing to read this, like oh, it's gonna be the '80s, so there's probably gonna be a bunch of problematic shit. And I think that like definitely you saw the sight gags being translated in terms of the women, specifically mm-hmm. their breasts. And how big yeah. their boobs were, and like, but the not whole in like a of it all. Yes, not in like a sexual way, in a like, isn't this funny sort of way? Yeah, um, yeah. Which all of this isn't it funny to have boobs? Isn't it so funny how big her boobs are? Which all of this makes perfect sense when you take into account the fact that uh, the author died from complications of AIDS. And not saying that I know what his uh, uh, sexual orientation was, but he did have a male partner of thirty years. So it seems like probably if he were to identify he would identify as part of the lgbtq community um yes so yeah just interesting kind of like how these sorts of things like i feel like if someone was to watch back the movie clue would like comment on okay yeah the stereotypes around like gay men that are being played with here and then you have someone who's most likely gay writing the book and it's like oh suddenly that's not how he's being treated anymore. Isn't that weird? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Just like glossed over. Yeah, so weird, so weird. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I thought it it was definitely more pointed out like when the men were being lecherous towards the women Mm -hmm. and like, yeah, that is interesting. I'd say I'd go back and reread it with a different lens, but I I won't read this book again probably. There's definitely different vibes. Mm -hmm. Segue. (laughs) <laughs> Colonel Mustard. <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, the last person being blackmailed, Colonel Mustard, is suspected of being, at this point, just being blackmailed for visiting Miss Scarlet's brothel. But it is later revealed that he's actually a war profiteer and he was selling, like, airplane parts during World War II. That The, the fact that he was selling those parts made it so that the planes crashed and probably killed a bunch of pilots. So that's really cool. Colonel Mustard is probably the biggest villain of this entire book. <laughs> I feel like they all kind of suck. Yeah. I I, I guess pin in that until we get to the possible endings of this book. Yeah, because right? like... there is like one person that could be really cool. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Again, yes, it very much depends. Um, They ask what Mr. Body is being blackmailed for. And it is revealed that he is actually the one that's doing the blackmailing. Dun, dun, dun. So, yeah, another panic scuffle. Uh, Colonel Mustard actually, like, gets up and starts beating the shit out of Mr. Body, uh, who starts beating him up back. Uh, And so to stop it from getting out of hand, Wadsworth announces the police have been called and will be there in 45 minutes. I, is this actually timed, like, there's 45 minutes left of the movie when Wadsworth says... I, I've never paid I attention think to so. that before. I feel like it is, but I could be That would be, be a good, yeah. I, I, mean, I mean, like. It is a short movie, so. Well, that would mean that half the movie had passed, though. So that's probably not. Well, yeah, except that there's the three, the different endings. Mm, that's true. I that's guess true. how does, how, how long is the movie dependent on endings versus, like, is it an hour and a half with one ending or is it an mm. hour and a half with all three endings or, you know. Because I could see it if we're doing all three endings. Each ending is about, like, eight. Because I just watched these eight to ten minutes or so. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, that's, like, an extra 20 minutes. So, if you take that 
and then yeah. plus fifty. I don't know. It could be. Yeah, if someone has seen it or has done this or timed it, let us know, I guess. But I think also there's some scenes that take place concurrently, so you would have also to true. kind of, like, f- factor in that. Yeah, when they all split up. Yeah, because I think yeah, they show, like, yeah, what so. each group is doing. So maybe you could, like... Yeah. maybe it, it works it's but all i don't hollywood know time <laughs> yeah movie time which doesn't matter five minutes could be an eternity you don't mm-hmm, know mm-hmm. um so police will be there in 45 minutes the others are appalled that the police will become involved and wadsworth is like well if you don't want to be blackmailed anymore just tell the police what you did and what mr body is doing and it will all be handled done but the others obviously don't want the police to know all the illegal things they've been getting up to. Like, imagine Mrs. White was like, so I murdered my husband and he's blackmailing me for it. Arrest him. <laughs> um, they refuse Wadsworth plans. And Wadsworth is like, well, I have evidence of all this blackmailing. And also this conversation is being recorded. LOL. Yvette's in the billiards room recording this right now. So, like, either way, word is getting out to the police. Then Mr. Body stands up and he's like, well, good thing I came prepared. And he passes out a box to everyone. And in each box is a weapon. Um, If you are familiar with the board game Clue, I'm sure you can guess what (laughs) weapons they are. Um, And he is like, hey, if someone here just kills Wadsworth, we can all leave in peace before the police get here. Everything will proceed as normal in our lives. I'll continue to blackmail you. You'll continue to pay me money. Wouldn't that be preferable to ending up in the newspapers for all your bad deeds. I get that this is like a cute, cheeky way to make this the board game, right? Yes. Of like, mm-hmm. here's the murder weapons, go. But, yes. but in reality, this is a dumb, bad plan because <laughs> I would be, A, I would be so mad if I showed up to what this murder party. you got party the candlestick? And I got the fucking candlestick or the rope it's can you imagine like fucking some Mrs. nerd professors over there with a gun and you're like i, I have excuse a me also a wrench also thanks can you imagine this plan goes <laughs> off and he's like i'm gonna turn the lights off everybody kill wadsworth whoever wants to can kill wadsworth and then we'll all go on our merry way and no one will know who did it and it'll be fine and let's say they do that and they kill unless Wadsworth. he's killed by a gunshot right. in which case precisely. everyone will know who did precisely. it precisely or a dagger <laughs> or a rope any of these like three of these items can cut like lead pipe wrench all right yeah i can see you could get that confused for one another although not really the indentation would be very different but whatever whatever yeah but like it's the 50s who knows what who knows what anything is but you're gonna tell me (laughs) that uh you're gonna turn the lights back on and be like oh no the body the body was killed mr wadsworth was killed who did it and like fucking someone is standing there with a knife dripping with blood and being like could be the guy with the rope no (laughs) bitch this is a bad plan give them all matching daggers and julius caesar this shit what are we doing exactly Oh, my God. (laughs) And some of these things are going to take a lot longer to kill him. So, like, say you have the rope and you're like, I'm going to strangle Mr. Body. But then Professor Plum walks up and he's got the gun and then he shoots you because you're Mm -hmm. sitting there trying to strangle this guy. And he's like, oh, I didn't know. It's dark. Like I couldn't see. The lights were out. Okay. Well, now I'm dead. And I guess that solves your blackmail problem. But thanks, Professor. I did not want to be dead. (laughs) I don't enjoy this party. (laughs) um so yes it was not a good plan but it was a cute plan it made it look like the board game but yeah 
they worked with what they had in I want to say like it had to have been the late 90s um I had the clue video game mm-hmm. on the yes. Super Nintendo I had a the clue video game on the computer and it was kind of terrifying every time like you would you would you would make a, a guess like you do in clue uh-huh. like it was so and so with the what's it in the where um, but then they would like actually show it happening in the video game. And, and no matter what weapon you said, it was always so menacing and scary. Um, then now as an adult, I'm like, okay, if someone did walk up to me with a candlestick though, I would certainly be able to fend them off. And I would not. I think that also speaks to the difference in manufacturing in the like fifties versus now. Mm, like if someone true. walks up to me with a candlestick now, I'm like, bitch, that thing was probably 3d printed. Like who cares? <laughs> Where'd you get that Amazon? I'm not worried. <laughs> What's that going to do? Absolutely fucking nothing. Like in the fifties, oh, someone comes. Oh wait, did you pay for the West Elm candlestick? <laughs> Shit. I'm going to die. In the fifties, someone comes up to you with a candlestick and you're like, fuck, that's like your entire life savings right there. That thing's hefty made of silver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was made out of actual like gold or silver or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> probably lead though probably lead <laughs> i don't know what if this was if they remade okay discounting the fact that they did like kind of remake clue for mm-hmm. more modern audience when they added dr orchid or whatever what would be what would what would your weapons be if you were a mr body oh miss body <laughs> i mean it would just all be like again, it would just be knives, right? <laughs> just be knives. Our, our <laughs> slogan here. It's just there's something so classy about a knife, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then it also makes more sense. Again, I guess. Okay, I guess. I think the rope is really the problem here. Because let's play this out <laughs> as if we are actually investigating a murder. I know this isn't what happens in the book or the movie or whatever. Whatever. I don't care. Um, if this is this is what we've turned this into. This is what we've turned this into is the logistics of the board game clue. So yes. if I'm investigating the murder of Mr. Body, I think automatically the only one, if it is the rope, I would know it's the rope. Yes. Or I would be able to, like, anything else. I'm like, okay, lead pipe. You hit him with the lead pipe. Candlestick. You hit him over the head with the candlestick. Wrench. Hit him over the head with the wrench. Dagger and uh, revolver. You could hit them with the butt or pommel of that That's and knock true. them out. Rope, that's flaccid. That's not going to do anything. <laughs> what if you got the rope wet first? Then you that have a wet, flaccid rope. It. <laughs> like, but it would add weight to it. I don't think you can add enough weight to rope. <laughs> it would have to be soaking for like, And you would have to like drop it on their head like from a yeah, very high From a distance, very great height. Which... Again, I just don't think that's that's feasible in the world. Clue takes place canonically in a one-story mansion, which is weird because there is a staircase there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess maybe there is a second story, and just nobody thought to look in just those Just no rooms. one ever goes up there. That's no the one private goes in quarters. The rooms. Weird. Yeah. They do in this book movie. They do, but yeah, no one goes upstairs in the board game Clue. See if I if I were if I were a body and I was planning this this murder mm-hmm. of or like you know optional murder of wadsworth you were trying to get people to join your murder mlm <laughs> yes yeah, yeah 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 if i didn't want to murder somebody but i did really want them to die you wanted a team and I of could murderers convince under you six desperate people yeah. that they that they should murder someone so they could keep giving me money um definitely i would give them all syringes full of something poisonous to people done yeah done yeah that also would fast 
minimal detection. But here's the thing with that, though, because I thought okay. that with guns, because I was like, obviously you'd go guns. But yeah. like with guns, then if every like if you turn the lights off and we're like, OK, everybody shoot him. And then you turn it on and five people hadn't killed him. We're like, I don't want to get in trouble for this. Mm. My syringe is still full slash my gun still has bullets in it. <laughs> you would be able to tell who did it. <laughs> So I Very really true. think dagger, because, like, you just stab and then wipe that off, right? Yeah. Like, oh, icicles. Everyone gets an icicle. Everybody Perfect gets an murder icicle. weapon. Yeah, yeah. And then you have to keep the lights <laughs> off and then turn the heat up really high, and then all the icicles melt. Yes. <laughs> who yes. knows who did it? <laughs> uh, so Mr. Body turns off the lights. Uh, there's some general confusion in the darkness, including a gunshot. Um, and when the lights are turned back on, it is revealed Wadsworth is still alive. But unfortunately, Mr. Body is lying dead in the middle of the room. As you could probably guess from his name and knowing about the board game clue. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, looking at the actor who plays Wadsworth and the actor who plays Mr. Body. And they're yes, you know, one of star them. power, <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of them. <laughs> Um, as the resident doctor, even though he's not like a practicing medical doctor, Professor Plum checks the body and confirms Mr. Body is dead. Not by gunshot wound, though, but we can't be sure how he died. We can probably take a guess it wasn't the rope, though. Just saying. It wasn't the rope. Yeah, <laughs> Professor Plum, you could tell us like there's no rope fibers or even marks of around his neck of him being choked. It's, you know. <laughs> Must have gotten conked on the head with something. Um, Professor Plum also clarifies that oh, he had the gun, but it only went off because someone tried to grab it from him in the dark. And look, there's the there's the bullet hole in the wall and the vase that's broken. Ta-da. Everyone becomes hysterical over this dead body, especially Mrs. Peacock, who screams and faints. And everyone's like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> Um, so Wadsworth then reveals that he was the one who invited everyone to the house for dinner tonight. Surprise, he's their host because he was Mr. Body's former butler. Mm. Mr. Body was blackmailing Wadsworth's wife because she had socialist friends. <gasps> Imagine. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. Um, I would also be blackmailed in this universe. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all we'll say on that. <laughs> Uh, the two of them couldn't afford the blackmailing fees, so they basically ended up working for Mr. Body for free until Wadsworth's wife ended her own life, and Wadsworth was like, I'm out. This this fucking sucks. Um, essentially, Mr. Body has this idea in his mind that these people, individuals he was blackmailing, were not American enough, and he was doing this out of a sense of patriotic, patriotic duty. Like, cool. Good for you. America probably loves it. To be honest. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot that you could unpack with the politics in this. But as we all know, the communism is a red herring. So communism we're not going to get into it. <laughs> uh, anyway, they're all like, okay, well, which one of us did it? It has to be one of us because we're the only ones in the house. Wait, there's a cook. <gasps> so they all rush to the kitchen to check on the cook. The cook is dead. Uh-oh. Alas. Mr. Green finds her body in a cupboard with a knife sticking out of her back. So we know she's probably not the killer. Probably. Um, Can't say for sure. Yeah. And I think this is one of the scenes in the movie where he, where, where Mr. Green would come off as more of like mm -hmm. effeminate, I guess, just because like, 
I don't know. This is like a two part feels bad joke because I think we also have like a fat phobia situation and because Mrs. Ho is like described as being like a very sturdy woman. Mm -hmm. You know what that means. Um, And Mr. Green not being able to lift her up and panicking and screaming and stuff. So, you know, you know, 80s. <laughs> um, Mrs. Peacock, who was given the dagger originally, says, well, it wasn't me who killed the cook because I put the dagger down in the study. So someone could have grabbed it and killed the cook when no one was paying attention. Uh, which this is like, I have never, knowing the endings of the movie Clue, I have never sat down to like verify who was in what scene. I feel like I should, but mm-hmm. I haven't. Um, so this always, the, 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 the timing of it all, I always am like, mm, I did read a Polygon article that basically did beat for beat, like went through and saw which of the endings actually nice. worked and only one of them does actually work. Oh, is it the the one where they all did it? No, because that's like the oh. fan favorite, but it's not that yeah. one. It's the Miss Scarlet one. Interesting. Ah, yeah, because yeah, Yvette, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, spoilers for later on in this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. They decide to move the cook's body into the study so they can have all their bodies in one place. And once they arrive back, they discover that Mr. Body's body is missing. Oh. Oh. So the group comes to the conclusion conclusion that Mr. Body must not really have been dead, meaning Professor Plum really screwed up his diagnosis or lied on purpose. And also perhaps maybe Mr. Body was the one to kill the cook. Which I'm like, okay, so you're saying he was laying on the floor. pretending to be dead and then you guys left for the kitchen and he somehow got there faster than you killed the cook and then fucked off who can say (laughs) who can say (laughs) um mrs peacock leaves to use the restroom while everyone is discussing these possibilities i would not unless i did the murders i would not go anywhere by myself in the house Mm -hmm. at this point Mm -hmm. like are you are you dumb? I also would not uh, allow anyone else to leave by themselves. Exactly. That's yes, because we know Yvette's in the house by herself still, and I don't know. Maybe you're gonna lay some traps. Yeah. Yeah. Or get rid of evidence. Yes. Very, very lackadaisical. Bad police work from these, these non-police. Bad, bad detectives. <laughs> <laughs> Poi Row were here. <laughs> the little gray cells would be very upset. <laughs> Um, so Mrs. Peacock opens the bathroom door and out falls the body of Mr. Body again, but for real dead this time because his head has been bashed in. Um, Mrs. Peacock screams, kind of like bring everyone else over to her and they see the dead body. Alas, they bring Mr. Body's body back into the study and decide it's time to lock up the weapons in a cupboard. Clearly having them loose in the house is causing too much destruction. We've got to lock up the weapons. Um, there's an argument about how, or who, sorry, typo in my notes. There's an argument about who should hold on to the key to the cupboard. And Wadsworth is like, well, I'll do it because obviously I'm not the killer. And the others are like, okay, well, that's actually not obvious really <laughs> to all of us. Um, Isn't it clear so just, I'm not one of the ones from the board game and so I'm fine? <laughs> it, it Clearly it was not me. Um <laughs> They decide that the best course of action is to throw the key out the front door because it's pouring rain, so they would never find it again, probably. They all go to do that. As Wadsworth is opening up the front door, ready to throw this key, they discover a motorist just standing there. Um, And the motorist says, my car broke down. Um, Can I use your phone to call for some help? And they do like that really sus huddle thing, but decide to let him in. 
and Wadsworth guides the motorist to the lounge and then locks the door. Um, if someone, if, if there were no such thing as smartphones, and if I was for some reason driving alone at night in the countryside and there was only one spooky ass house to go to for help, the second they lock that door, I would not just then calmly stay there and try to call for help. Like, I would be like, 911, I'm not going to call all my friends. Be like, hey, can you come pick me up at the weird house? And be like, hello, police. I'm being held hostage in weird house. My also, okay, so like, maybe I just didn't get it. Maybe I'm dumb. Maybe I have COVID brain. Um, but eventually it comes out that this motorist is also involved in yeah he was a driver for colonel mustard during the whole war profiteering thing but like it still seems super coincident like who no matter who (laughs) you couldn't plan that yeah like the other stuff like the other people who show up I want to know who ordered the singing telegram. The singing te- that would make sense to me though, because whoever did it, whoever knew that like the singing telegram girl was involved and wanted to get them to the house, could just order a singing telegram, right? That's true. Like yeah. so, you could have that as part of your master plan. The policeman, uh, not really, because that depends on the motorist, right? Because there's a policeman yeah. who shows up looking for the motorist whose car broke down. That's so very like, true. Did whoever planned all of this like? plan for the sabotage the car in advance that doesn't make sense like how did they know it would break down right there is it all a ruse did they actually invite the motorist there and then tell them to lie about it like what's up but then why did the motorist call the police the motorist doesn't make any sense to me yes it's very much a like deus ex motorist (laughs) like it's fine as a comedy because it's like oh yeah it's just funny to be like oh actually he was involved the whole time and it's like okay that's funny but if we're actually looking at this as like a mystery where you're trying to solve the murder yeah it's not a good one it doesn't it doesn't work it doesn't work (laughs) yeah yeah this is one of those like it doesn't matter who did it at the as as you like we get four different endings to this so like clearly it doesn't matter at the end who did it or how um it's just it's just a madcap adventure. What matters is the murders we made along the way. Yes. Yep. <laughs> okay, so then so they lock they lock this guy in the, in the library or the lounge. I can't the lounge. And then they go back to the front door, open it, throw the key out somewhere. Great. Good job. Not going to be an issue with the weapons anymore probably maybe. We'll see. We'll see. They are all compelled to stay and find out who committed these murders. Because someone in the group is like, hey, if you leave right now, as some of them have been threatening to do, if you leave right now, I'm just going to stay here till the police get here and say it was you who did the murders. <laughs> that seems to be enough to work for them. Again, I don't know what forensics was like in the 50s. I feel like enough, they would they would be able to be like, okay, no, it doesn't look like you killed these people. That maybe this is a lie and that the person who said you did it was the one who did it. But I don't know. I feel mm-hmm. like if film noir has taught me anything, it's that it's really easy to pin stuff on people in the 50s. So I feel mm-hmm. like this would have worked. Perhaps. Oh, well, no. You're the expert. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> you took a class. <laughs> they decide to split up into groups of two and search the house for another possible murderer in the house just, just to make sure that they are alone, I suppose. This part kind of goes on this is very for boring. the rest of the book, essentially. Um, it's full of a bunch of, like, one-off gags and stuff. But is it, what, what the important stuff that happens during this time period is someone goes to the study, burns the blackmail material. Um, the motorist is killed. And 
Colonel Mustard, Miss Scarlet discover a secret passage between the conservatory and the lounge where the, you know, like they, the board game. Yeah, like the board exactly like the board game where they find the dead body of the motorist. And they are locked in this room because of Wadsworth's previous actions where he locked the motorist in the lounge and are desperate to get out because they're like, okay, the murderer is probably still in here. So they're like banging on the door and yelling and stuff. And everyone reassembles outside of the lounge. They can't open the door because the key that I, I guess Wadsworth left the key in the lock. It's gone now. And Yvette comes up with the idea of going to break open the cupboard to retrieve the gun. And she comes back and shoots the lock off the door. And they're like, how did you know that the cupboard was unlocked. Do you have the key? Like, what's the deal? And she's like, no, I didn't. I was going to go there and try to bust this door open to get the gun out. I didn't know it was going to be unlocked and open. But it was. And it wasn't me who did it. So the weapons are back in play. They were they were safe for like two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> One might argue, depending again on the ending of this, if the cupboard yes. could have been busted open by the maid... Mm-hmm. Like, if that was her plan, then probably they weren't ever that safe to begin Very with. Very true. <laughs> uh, the doorbell rings. The policeman has arrived saying, uh, hey, there was an abandoned vehicle on the side of the road. I'm just here to investigate, make sure they got help. Did they make it up this far? Um, they are very awkward around the police officer and they lead him to the library and they lock him in there. Um, while he is locked up in there, the telephone rings and he answers it. Uh, and it turns out it's J. Edgar Hoover calling. <laughs> Wadsworth takes the call, lets the officer out of the library. And then, so like, you know, we've got we've got dead bodies in the house. The officer is like, wants to take a look around because he's really suspicious of these people. And they have to do this Weekend at Bernie situation with the dead bodies where they like dancing or making out with them and stuff. Um, and the police officer is like, oh, you guys are just having a good time. There's no crime against that. America's a free country. <laughs> Then he gets locked in the library again after his tour, I guess. Cool. Um, Again, everyone splits back up into their groups of two to continue their search of the mansion. Here are the highlights. The power goes out. Yvette is killed with the rope. The policeman is killed with the blunt object. The girl shows up as a singing telegram deliverer, and she's shot and killed. They managed to turn the power back on. There is one weapon for each body, right? Like, it's how yes. this ends up being. Okay. Yeah. I think so. Rope goes to Yvette. Gun goes to Singing Telegram. Uh, one of the blunt one objects. One of the blunt objects for the policeman. Uh, one. I think it's the wrench or the lead pipe for the motorist. And then uh, one, of, one for I Mr. Think, body and then dagger yeah. for the cook. So, yeah. There's three I think blunt they'd objects. land on... The candlestick for Mr. Body because it mm. falls and hits Wadsworth on the head. And yeah, that yeah, very yeah. funny joke. <laughs> um, so they manage to turn the power back on. They all reconvene. And Wadsworth then, then declares he knows who committed all these murders. And he's going to show us exactly how it was done. This is like the best part of the movie. Um, and really, <laughs> you cannot do it justice in the book. <laughs> but Wadsworth runs through the entire plot of the book, running from room to room and pantomiming every action that has occurred. And everyone is chasing him from room to room. And it's very good and very funny. Um, In the middle of all of this, we also learn that the five people who died, is that right? Five or six? six The five people who died besides Mr. Body. Yes. Five people who died 
um, other than Mr. Body, were all his informants on the assembled group of people, which gives everyone motivation to have killed them. Um, so, like, Yvette worked with Miss Scarlet, and the cook obviously knew Mrs. Peacock, and the singing telegram girl was one of Professor Plum's um, patients that he had an affair with, and yada, 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 yada. Is this also um, when the evangelist shows up? Yeah, so the point where Wadsworth, like, opens the door to pretend to throw the key mm. outside again, there's an evangelist there who shows up, and he's like, have you heard the word of God? And then Mrs. Peacock slams the door shut in his face. It's like, we don't need that here. He comes back later. Um, so, yeah, now we're, we're basically, we have four different solutions to the murders, which is one more than in the movie. Um, and in each of these, that evangelist kind of, he comes back and he's either like a police officer or an FBI agent or something similar. Um, and also in each of these, the call from J. Edgar Hoover is indeed real. And sometimes it's meant for Wadsworth and sometimes it's meant for Mr. Green. So... There's also, in each of them, the comment that communism is a red herring. Yes. I think there's something else that happens in each of them, but I can't remember what it is now. Let me go look. Because, yeah, they, they do, like, have... And it's funny because, like, different people will say them. Yeah, it's the, the erect joke. Or the mm, expose. Yeah. Where Expo- uh, yeah, 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 someone yeah. says something about, like, exposing themselves, and someone says, not in front of the ladies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here are each of the endings. Ending one. Not in a super amount of detail, but ending one. Mrs. Peacock did it all to cover up the bribes. She's accepting bribes from a foreign power. Very un-American. Um, she obviously knew the cook. Oh, that's the other thing that that is repeated. Um, it's like, that's it's the, you mentioned it was your favorite meal and that's what gave you away. I, and monkey brains, though popular in Cantonese cuisine, mm. are not often to be found in Washington, D.C. <laughs> um. So in this ending, Mrs. Peacock, like, she has the gun out and she's going to shoot Wadsworth um, because he reveals himself to be an FBI agent that's investigating her. And they all sing for She's a Jolly Good Fellow as she, like, carefully backs out of the the house. Um, Wadsworth is like, well, it's okay if she gets away because the FBI will take care of it. Um, And as Mrs. Peacock gets outside, that evangelist is there and he puts her under arrest. Yay. Yay. Um, ending two is the one where everyone did one murder each except Mr. Green. Um, so in this ending, as we said, each of the informants was like betraying one of the people. So they each took turns killing that person. Um, and including Wadsworth, right? Did he end up Wadsworth. killing? Was he the one who killed Mr. Body? No, Wadsworth's the one who kills the singing telegram girl because he's the one who has the gun at the end. Cause that's the other thing that gets repeated in all of them is, Oh, well then whoever did it would still have the gun. So then they pull out. Oh uh, the yes. And Wadsworth right. and has the out. gun. Um, and so it's revealed that he's actually Mr. Body the whole time. And he wanted yes. them to kill all the informants in order to uh, help him out. It, Mustard is the one who killed body because he says, um, who did I kill then? And he says, oh, you killed my butler. That's right. That's yeah. right. And then he, uh, yeah, so Mr. Green's like, well, then you'll carry on blackmailing us all. And Wadsworth is like, yes, of course, why not? And then Mr. Green's like, I'll tell you why not. And he pulls out his own gun. And then they shoot at each other, but Wadsworth's gun misfires, and Mr. Green's doesn't. And he kills Wadsworth. And then they're like, are you a cop? And he says, no, I'm a plant. 
I work for the FBI. That phone call from J. Edgar Hoover was me. And then the FBI storms in and arrests them all. And then we get the very iconic Mr. Green line. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife because <laughs> he's not really gay. <laughs> um, ending three or C, whichever you prefer. <laughs> Uh, this is the ending that wasn't in the movie. So this ending event essentially is Wadsworth running them all through the crimes and trying to pin it on the others at first, but then they're like, well, there's no way it was any of us. And Wadsworth is like, you're right, it was me. I'm a mastermind killer and I wanted to commit the perfect murder, but I also just needed you guys to know that it was me and I'm super smart. Um, and then the police get there and arrest him but then he gets away from the police and he jumps in one of the cop cars and drives away but in the back seat is a bunch of dobermans that they've been there the whole time um at the house but i just <laughs> didn't mention them there's dobermans there they they're in the back seat of the police car for some reason and as wadsworth is driving away the dobermans attack him and we can presume he dies now this one was cut from what i understand because I, I don't know if we've even mentioned when Clue was originally shown in movie, like in theaters, they only showed them with one ending, right? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, like, it, that's part of why it kind of tanked. Like, it didn't do very good because if, like, the whole shtick is that, like, it has multiple endings, then you don't get to see all of the endings unless you go to multiple theaters and you can't tell which theater has which yeah. end. Like, it's not very good. It works now in, like, Netflix yeah, times. That'd be great. One after the other. Yeah. But, and you get that, like, funny little right. tune. Um, yeah. And now, like, it, it got kind of a cult following based on, like, VHS releases and whatever. But I can definitely see, like, so they said that they cut this because it was too dark, which, like, it doesn't feel like it's too dark for me. It feels like it's just badly written. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's because, yeah, I don't like this. I don't like this, like, bait and switch of Wadsworth suddenly being the bad guy at the end. Because you really do, like, he is the most likable character. Which he's still, like, you still, get, I think that also you still get that bait and switch in the everybody's the murderer one because he's, like, I'm actually Mr. He Body being the Mr. whole Body. time, right? Yeah. So, like, you've yeah. already kind of done the Wadsworth the secretly evil thing. Um, I think it doesn't work because, like, the whole premise of the board game clue is, like, one of these people did the crime. And in the everybody did it, it's like, okay, well, they all did a crime, you know, and technically one of them killed Mr. Body um, because Mr. Green kills Mr. Body in that one at the end when he shoots Wadsworth. Um, Mm -hmm. So you still have that, like, cute little thing of, like, okay, yes, you're figuring out which character killed Mr. Body. And it's just, like, it doesn't tonally work with the rest of the movie like this whole idea of okay but I'm actually like a super genius who like yeah it's yeah. like oh why this is so weird and out it of left field out of nowhere yeah yeah I did not I did not enjoy it no this. I didn't like that. I'm glad they cut this one <laughs> yes yeah three endings is enough yeah uh, that one is definitely lackluster um, and then the last ending is the one where Yvette and Miss Scarlet were working together. Um, Yvette did the first couple of murders and then Miss Scarlet turned on Yvette and killed her and then did the rest of the murders. Um, because it turns out Miss Scarlet, while she does run a brothel, her real money making, it comes from the secrets that she gains and then sells to others. And she needs to keep doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and then in this one, I think... The FBI agents show up, but who are they? It's the one where they That's fight the over they the gun. That's the one where they do the math. One plus two plus one plus yeah, two. Because yeah. she's going to shoot Wadsworth. And she shoots the chandelier. And she ends up shooting the... No, he ends up shooting the chandelier. 
That's right. Oh, yeah, because he fires the gun at the end. Because he's like, you never, left. it wasn't going to, and then one plus two plus one. Plus, yeah, that whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think because. I'm trying to think of where the cops come into this. Like, I guess they were actually called. I th- Yeah. Yeah, it's just as agents come in. And without a word spoken among them, the agents spread out into all the first floor rooms. Almost immediately, three agents burst in from the library. There's a body in here. There's three bodies in there. Um, oh, yeah. Wadsworth is working with the with the police. He says, where's the chief? Mm. Yeah. So, again, Wadsworth is working with the FBI in some capacity. Um, and, that yeah, the chandelier crashes. And that's the big, big finale. The end. The end. The end. The end of the ends, actually. Again, not a bad, not a bad read. Just kind of a tedious one at times. Mm-hmm. I would definitely like skimming in the second, like, we got to look around the house yeah. part, but makes for good viewing. No, really fun movie if you haven't seen it. We've ruined it yes. for you, but, you know. Yes. Sorry <laughs> about that. Uh, there's still there's still a lot in the movie, though. It is a delight. A lot of visual gags, which didn't necessarily transfer very well to being written. Um, yeah. But yeah. I think that, like, you got some interiority type stuff as sort of a payoff. Like, stuff was spelled out a little bit more of, like, oh, this person, you know, sighed lustily or, you know. Yeah, yeah. That was kind of fun. Cried fakely. <laughs> like, you know, that sort of shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, very slapstick, um, but fun. Fun, fun. I think uh looking forward in this unit we've kind of already talked about i'm interested to see sort of uh other books that were written at different times in the process um and also perhaps yes and also perhaps a book that is based on a movie that we haven't seen yeah i would i would like that too um i know there's like a really big author who did like the aliens Mm. novelizations and those are supposed to be like fantastic and i've not seen those movies so that could be a direction to go i don't know um and I, I, th- I kind of want to compare what a more modern novelization is because I truly did not think they did these anymore. Uh, but it turns out they have. And, and it's more like well-known authors that write them now. Like I think Ray Carson did the, the um, third, the, the, well, ninth Star Wars movie one. What is that called? Rise of Skywalker, whatever. The one you haven't seen. The one I haven't seen. <laughs> The one you haven't seen. Yeah, like, Ray Carson does that, and she's, like, a pretty well-known YA author. And Yeah, I know there's um, a lot of, like, um, Disney ones recently of, like, mm-hmm. I don't know if they're full novelizations necessarily or just, like, retellings of, like, Disney-branded retellings. It's, you know, but mm-hmm. I know that's the thing that a lot of, like, YA authors that I used to read, like, have started doing recently. Um, yeah. There was, like, a whole, like, DC yeah. Heroes one that went around mm-hmm, and... Mm-hmm. Definitely, there's a lot of Star Wars ones. Like I know, like Claudia Gray wrote some, like Leia. Yeah, well, ones. and then there's ones that are like spinoffs of novels and stuff too, or of movies yeah. and stuff too. Because like Star yeah, Wars yeah, obviously yeah. has the whole expanded universe, but like yeah. So I think this is just like the new like, what did they 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 got they got rid of all like the legacy stuff. Yeah, or it's not canon anymore, so they're making their new canon. Or yes, whatever. I think we need to make sure it is specifically a novelization of a film and not like a continuation or retelling or whatever. But like. Yeah. It does seem like it is, you know, like kind of in this age of everything needs to be uh, part of a uh, franchise, you know, like, yeah, sure. Why not throw books in there, too? But yeah, I do kind of remember novelizations of movies being more of like a 90s thing. Less like, you know, if you Mm -hmm. can't when you couldn't go see the movies. Exactly. Yeah. 
Like, you can go pick up the novelization from your local library. Just what I wanted. I had an Oliver and Company, like, chapter book for young readers when that movie came out. I definitely remember, like, having all of the, you know, various Disney movies as a kid. Not as, I don't know if they'd be called novelizations, but, like, the picture book yeah. versions of them that are literally beat for beat the movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember if I read any novelizations as a kid. I don't think, oh, no, I did Penelope. That was one that I really liked as a kid. Penelope. Which is like a movie that? that no one has even seen. Um, it's the movie like that's like... a little like, mouse? No. It was like in 2000, the early 2000s, I think. It's about like a, a girl who's cursed with a pig nose. Okay. But I believe that I had the book and like hadn't seen the movie and was like, this great book. And then it, it was like it's a novelization of, of the movie. Yeah. Huh. Anyway, this is not a particularly good movie, yeah. but... You know, it exists. And there's also that great joke from The Office about Michael Scott reading the mm. novelization of the movie Sapphire. The novelize the movie push of the, the novelization. novelization of push, the, yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Uh, so we'll be revisiting this in a couple weeks. But first, we have to do the end of an era next week. Oh my gosh, can you believe it? Oh How, when did we do our first Animorphs episode? Let me um, put you on the spot and ask you that right now. It would have been like the first week of it was June. Before, and, it's when we were still hate read. Uh-huh. It would have been, I think, 20... I want to say first week of Let's June 2019. Could that possibly be right? Wow. I'm going to look on our... on our. Oh my God, this is going to take too long. I was just going to like quickly look at our... Um, <laughs> yeah, here, hold on. Let me... Backlog on Apple Podcasts, but our, it's our, like uh, year. That's probably more efficient. I'm having to show. They only show me ten episodes at a time on this website. It's terrible. Uh, okay, so May 2019, we were recording Animorphs two and three in May of 2019. So oh yeah, we posted, yeah, because yeah, we moved. Our first, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so close. It was May twenty seventh, two thousand nineteen. Was the first posted episode of damn. Um, and here we are, yeah. the end of January twenty twenty two. Yes. Man, I'm yeah. looking at I'm looking at our calendar now, and there's like House Hunting's Island. Uh, Aww. Wow, last day of classes. Game of Thrones premiere is on here. Oh boy, <laughs> talking about end of an era. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, remember when we looked forward to that? Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. So, um, I guess we'll talk more about what comes post Animorphs yeah. next next episode. But I, wow, yeah. I've I I finished the book. I read the book in the end of the year last year because I didn't want to go into twenty twenty two with any Animorphs baggage. Um, <laughs> I'm really anxious to hear your thoughts on the last book. Still haven't read it. <laughs> I, no, that's fair. We're gonna have a lot to talk about. I'm sure. A lot. I'm sure. <laughs> Exciting. A lot. Um, the week after that, we're going to be starting. Uh, it's kind of a literary submitted unit. We realized we have a lot of like um, submissions that don't really fit into a unit. So we're going to do kind of a grab bag unit for a while of yeah. just like one offs. Um, so the first one we're going to do is a Nicholas Sparks book, you know, yeah. um, called Every Breath. Yes, we had a listener. Um, I want to say Brianna because my name is Anna, but if it's Brianna, I apologize. But Brianna sent us a suggestion. She had listened to our um, 
the Nicholas Sparks book we did ages ago, Message but that one book was written in 1997. Mm. And so she suggested we read a newer Nicholas Sparks book. So this one came out in 2018. Exciting times. Yes. So that'll be uh, in two weeks. In the meantime, if you have any books or units that you want us to cover on the podcast, either because you think we would love them or hate them, you can tweet at us at ShelfAwareCast or email us ShelfAwareCast at gmail.com. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. We are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should. I know you want to be with us from day one of our next whatever young adult middle grade series we're (laughs) going to be picking up to replace Animorphs. So if you want to get on the ground floor, now is the time. If you use Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Spotify is now letting you rate podcasts. So if you listen to us on either of those platforms or can easily go and rate us on one of those platforms, we'd very much appreciate it if you could give us a five-star review. But if not, you know what? I'm not going to be mad. You can talk about us anywhere on the internet you would like. Also, don't forget, we have also posted on our Twitter our 2022 reading challenge. So we basically just came up with 22 reading prompts for you to do, um, for you to read ideally 22 different books in 2022. Do you see the theme? But, you know, we've had people tell us they're going to try and mash up a whole bunch of them. Um, One person has said they're going to try and find one book that has all 22 things in it. (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) Go check out our Twitter in case that's of any interest for you whatsoever. In the words of Michael McDowell... The guests in Wadsworth crowded around and peered at the bullet hole. It was, after all, a more pleasant thing to look at an injured wall up close than to perform the same operation on a corpse in the middle of the floor. It's not very funny, but it was written by Michael McDowell as opposed to the the script. Hello. Hello. Do you want to start this one or should and I? welcome to the podcast. Welcome to this podcast. <laughs> That's our new intro. This episode <laughs> of This American Book. <laughs> this American Book. That was also a movie. <laughs> this American Novelization. Uh, this isn't even funny. What are we doing? <laughs> Why did I start this? Jokes. What are they? <laughs> <laughs>